What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. I am tired. I'll tell you what. We just got done the last three weeks. We did a week of Flip Backing Live. Then I got an awesome week to recover at Disney um, with my wife, Lucy, and our son, Will, came. And then Andy McFarlane and his family and Tyler Jensen and his family is absolutely amazing. And then I went to a mastermind meeting of my own. Uh, for my personal and professional development. And then I came back and we did two days of the virtual experience with Flip Hacking Live. So we basically um, streamed a couple of the sessions. I gave some uh, live presentations there for the audience and it was just an amazing time. But um, as I look back, it was a long uh, couple weeks and, but I'm back in the office today ready to get after it. So what I wanted to do today as we close the doors to our seven figure runway uh, for a while, our um, coaching program that launches in October each year since 2019. I wanted to put a presentation for, from Flip Packing Live for those of you that didn't come. And if you did come, uh, as a reminder of what uh, success looks like. So we all kind of want to be successful. We're driven in that direction. We're all really excited about this journey and, and what we want to do. And I wanted to put it out there because I really enjoyed giving it. I gave it again. I tried to condense it into 20 minutes. It turned out being like 35 here on the virtual experience, but I really enjoyed preparing and giving that presentation and a lot of ahas for me in my life with uh, success. So how do you define success? What does it look like? Are you successful? All of those questions I hope will be answered here. And um, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, it's not too late. You can go to sevenfigurerunway.com. Join us. We'd love to have you on this journey. If you're uh, at a much higher level, you're doing uh, business at a high level, we'd obviously love to have you in our altitude group or just be part of our community. So um, thank you if you came to Flip Hacking Live. I really had a great time and I am already looking forward to next year. So um, hopefully you guys enjoy this presentation that I gave in Orlando at Flip Hacking Live on success. My name is Bill Allen and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. You guys ready to talk about success? <clears throat> this is probably... Like, I'd say this concept came to me recently of just watching all of these people come through our programs and seeing all different types of people, regardless of what their background is, what experience they've had. And for some of you that know me, I have an engineering background. I have a mechanical engineering undergrad degree, and I have an aeronautical engineering master's degree. I went to test pilot school for the Navy, so I'm a helicopter pilot, an airplane pilot for the Navy. I went to test pilot school in England. We send one person a year to, to test pilot school in England. Uh, I got the opportunity to do that, and they spent $1.6 million on my education there, the U.S. government did. I uh, graduated from there, and I love data and science and stuff like that. I love to look at you know, constants and variables and do experiments. So I, I try to make sense of all this. Like, is there science in success? Um, one thing that I have in my head, there's a lot of military folks here, and I see a lot of military folks that do really, really well in real estate for some reason. So I'm trying to figure out what that is. Like, what is the science of it? Anytime I have someone on the podcast that's military, I ask them, hey, what do you think it is? Whether it's before the show, during the show, or after. 
I'm trying to figure that out. And over the last six years, I've been helping like coach and mentor other real estate investors and other business owners and things like that. And I feel like there is something here. So I put together something for you guys that I hope um, is valuable to you. And you can see, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, here's where most people are. And here's where I think that uh, successful high achievers are. And the way that they think and what they do and try to break it down to somewhat of a science for you. Is that okay? All right. And hopefully you can take it as a blueprint. It's okay. I, I love that. She's wooting here. She's like, I don't know if I should have done that. You should keep doing that. It's very good. Huh? You need to. Yeah. He's like, you need to clap more. I can't be the only one down here screaming. So, but here's the deal. As coaches and mentors and trainers and things like that, we have this, a lot of times what happens with us is we think that because it worked for us, it will work for you. Right? Because it worked for me, it will work for you. And that's what a lot of people say is, okay, I was successful, so everything that I did, I can just tell you what I did and you go do it, and now I'm a mentor and a coach and I'm amazing. Right? You see a lot of these people right now, and I'm not going to throw stones at anybody or anything like that, but that's how some coaches and trainers start. Say they're successful, they say, it worked for me, it will work for you. Right? But I think what we have here in the, some of the science and things that I'm going to show you today is once it happens over and over and over and over and over again, that system and process works, right? It becomes less of this like idea and it becomes a principle. And once something becomes a principle, then we can figure out how to use it and how to make it a blueprint and it becomes these principles. So today what I wanna do is I try to break down the principles, like not a ton of things, just here are like six finite things for you guys that I think will help you succeed. So that's what we're going to talk about now. In the last six years, we've probably had a thousand people, I would think, that have come through for, for this stuff with you guys. So last night, there were some people at my roundtable last night, and I said, I am changing this presentation based on our conversation. Anybody at my table when you heard that? Okay. So I said, based on the conversations that we're having right now, you, I'm probably going to go back tonight and stay up a couple hours and change this presentation. And so I did. Because based on your feedback, I started thinking, okay, there's some things that I missed or some extra things that you need. So here's what I did. Last night I made this. What's holding you back? I listened to your questions and I just started writing some of the things that I thought were holding all of you guys back when you were talking to me. So here's some things. You compare yourself to other people. You ask yourself the wrong questions. You wait for others' permission. Anybody feel like they do that sometimes? Okay, here's three more. You wait for the right time. Somebody's like, oh, now's not the right time. Where's Andy? He's in the gym this morning with me. He's like, I'm, I just, I'm going to wait till I get a little bit more money in the bank to quit my job. Waiting for the right time, right? We expect instant results. Who wants instant results? Yeah, you want like the six-minute abs, man. I want, I, I want them now. I want my packages from Amazon right now. One hour. I want my stuff here. You guys don't have coffee? I want it in the hallway. We did that. You don't take action, right? You create fake busyness. You're just busy and busy and busy all the time. We're grinding. You're doing things that are not money-making activities, right? You listen to everyone but yourself. You assume talent and not persistence is the secret. I gotta have all this talent. I wasn't born that way. I wasn't born in that place. I didn't have money. I don't, I, I'm not, I don't have talent. I can't, I'm not a sales guy like Adam Ray, right? You're not flexible. You do it alone. How many people are like, oh man, I'm out here all by myself. Feel like that? You don't know when to let go. 
Wait, you don't have to take a picture yet. There's one more. There's one important one. So get the phones ready, okay, before I go to the next slide really fast. There's one more. You stay stuck in your comfort zone because dot, 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 I'm afraid. I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid to not be good enough. I'm afraid of blank. You fill it in, but you stay in your comfort zone. This is my comfort zone, and we're going to talk about this. You are a thermostat. I'm going to talk about this in a minute. So let's see what Webster says about success, shall we? I went to the Google machine, and I typed in definition of success, just like everybody else can. And what did he say? The fact of getting or achieving wealth, respect, or time. Does everyone agree with that? This is success? Anybody? Does anybody? Okay, one person. It's okay. There's other people that aren't raising their hand. They're just like, I abstain, right? Not sure yet. He's, he's baiting me into saying yes, right? Who feels like that? Okay, there's some more honest people. The correct or desired result of an attempt. Okay. Someone or something that is successful, <laughs> that tells me nothing, right? So let's dig a little deeper. What is success? So we'll just use the assumption, the fact of getting or achieving wealth, respect, or fame. Who wants to be famous in here? It's okay if you want to be famous. A couple people do, yeah. A couple people. Wealth, who wants wealth? Okay, that's a whole nother presentation. We can define that word. Um, who wants respect? Okay, all right. And so when we say if we got that stuff, any one of those things, because there's an or there, right? We would be successful. So we'll just start there, okay? We'll make that assumption. Well, so here's my man, The Rock. Yeah, a couple of woots. The, the science of achievement. So what I want to break this down into is success, is achievement, right? Are we high achievers here? Yeah. Yep, some say yes, others are not sure yet. So I'd say, look, you're probably, look, we live in a, United States of America or Canada. We are like the top, anybody else from anywhere else? A couple people from somewhere else? No? Okay. If you're not on food stamps, you are in the top 10% of wealthy people in the world. If you're not taking government assistance, e oh no, I'm sorry, on government assistance. If you're on food stamps right now, you're the top 10%. So... Some might say, you guys are already wealthy, right? You guys are already prosperous, right? I mean, you guys, you guys paid to get here. You flew here, you stay in a hotel, eating food, worried about coffee, right? I'm just going to keep that joke going for three days. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> and, and, I mean, come on. We're already wealthy, right? Depending on how we define it. We're prosperous. Top 10% of the world, Right? So, what does success mean to us? So, we have the, the, the science of achievement. Let's talk about science. These like facts. When you get to science, like, this is a fact. So, let's talk about science of achievement. This is Maslow's hierarchy, right? A lot of you guys have seen this. We were talking about it the other day, a couple people with me. I'm not going to talk about this. You can take a picture if you want. You can Google it later. Write down Maslow. But I want to talk about this. So, I got to see Tony Robbins. I've seen him a couple times. A lot of you guys I know have been to his events. Um, I didn't really know him a couple years ago, or his, his information. He actually, I was actually kind of like turned off because he used a lot of like foul language and stuff is what I thought of him. But man, I, I went to see him speak like six hours at Tony Robbins, <sighs> blew me away. Okay, so I'm going to share some of his things. And you might see a couple things in there because I just was at an event with him. And this is 
just insane value. And I'm going to put my own spin on it a little bit. But here's his six human needs. So some of you may have seen this. And the four are the needs of the personality. So there's certainty and uncertainty. So certainty in like, I have a routine, uh, I'm conflict. Like, you're in a W-2 job right now, it's probably giving you, you think it's giving you certainty. You're making your, your paycheck comes every two weeks. You got some certainty, you can make your house payment, you feel good. Uncertainty is like variety, I want to try new things. I get excited about, you know, uh, different, I don't know, maybe, like you're not going to eat at the same restaurant every night. Right? You got a little bit of variety. Uh, you're not really sure. You're, uh, like my wife has a lot of variety and uncertainty in her world. She's very um, spontaneous, whereas I'm very much planned and a checklist guy. So I like certainty. She likes uncertainty. Significance. Who wants to have significance? Feel significant. It's pretty self-explanatory. Everybody should probably raise their hand. If you want to feel like you're needed and wanted. And then there's love and connection. So a deeper connection with another human being, whether it's a friend, a family member, a spouse, a loved one, any of those things. So these are some of our four needs that need to be met first, right? And then we'll talk about the spiritual needs in, the, in, in a little bit. But what he says, which I think is very key here, is that we need these things. And if we don't get them in one place, we're going to go find them somewhere else, Okay. So if you think about that, we're talking about business and success right now. We're talking about business. I'll have a marriage counseling and some advice at another seminar. But we'll talk about business right now. And what we need, we need to get this certainty from our business, potentially. Some variety. That's why I love wholesaling. I get a lot of variety. Some crazy people. You never know what you're going to walk into. And so I love that thrill of the deal and the chase, right? We want some significance. We want to feel like we're making a difference. We're making an impact. And just like Adam talked about, if we can make a connection, whether it's with our team, our sellers, our buyers, the other people, this is how we can start enjoying our business in real estate. So if you look at, maybe look at your job right now. If you're unhappy, some, some people in here are unhappy with their W-2. You might just look at these four things and say, yeah, I might have some certainty, but I don't get any of this other stuff. I do the same thing every day. I don't feel significant. I don't feel like anybody... Like, I do anything to change the world. And I have no connection with any of the other people in my office. I don't really enjoy going out to happy hour with them or anything like that, and we don't get along. So, of course, you hate your job. You have none of these four things that are providing the needs that you, that you have at work. And we spend a lot of time at work, don't we? I mean, you could look at the same thing with your spouse, and this is what I did when I dug into my relationship with Lucy over the past few years. We started struggling. I started studying this and training on this, and I realized I'm not fulfilling those four needs for her. And what he says that's really important is when you get three of these things, it becomes an addiction. So you become addicted to this. And that can be really powerful when you set really big goals. To be addicted to those goals can be really important. So I wanted to give you that base right now of these four things because I'm going to use them on the first science of success. These, we're talking about science of achievement the achievement piece, right? So when you have three of these, we have an addiction, right? So the first thing that I see in people, unsuccessful people, people that do not reach success or achievement, procrastination. Who is a procrastinator here? Be honest. There's more hands that should be raised than that. Okay. You're a procrastinator. Why? You're doing something else other than what you should be doing. There's probably some of those human needs that are being met by whatever else is more interesting to you. 
Maybe it's watching Netflix. Do you guys like to watch Netflix? Does anybody watch Netflix? Don't lie. Some of you, okay, there's three honest people in the audience. <laughs> yep, I watch Netflix too. So you're scrolling through Netflix and you're like, oh man, this is, this is interesting. You get a connection with the, with the person that's on the sitcom, right? There's some variety. You're like, oh man, I'm gonna watch this. There's like three different shows and I got different, okay. I know I should be working over here, but man, this is pretty interesting. Like, you know that the show is one hour long and you know that it's pretty good and you're, maybe you, you've watched a couple other episodes. You got some certainty. You know you're gonna enjoy yourself, right? And so you, now you're in the point where you can become addicted to procrastination or other things, right? Other things that are distracting you from what you need to be doing. So it's very easy to use these kind of principles to look at all the other things that you're doing. And maybe that addiction is not strong enough in your business, and it's allowing you very easily to come off of this. So here's a cycle that typically happens. Uh, so you procrastinate, then you feel guilty, then you panic, and then you make some excuses, right? I love that you guys are taking pictures. Like, seriously, I just Google this stuff, and I take a screenshot of it, and I throw it up on here. So I didn't make any of these slides. I just found them online, okay? I'm just going to tell you that right now. Maybe I should put a disclaimer in front of all of mine. Um, yeah, don't post these on the internet. It'd be like Bill Allen's presentation was, like, he created this slide. I definitely get some copyright infringement from somebody, I'm sure. But this is kind of like a negative cycle, right? This is what happens. And we want to turn this around into a positive cycle. So procrastination is a big thing. And a lot of people say, yeah, I'm a procrastinator. And you, that's like who you become, and it's like, okay. So I, I've said that before. I'm guilty of that. I procrastinate, for sure. But now I'm digging into why. Like, how do the successful people perform and act? Do you think Walt Disney was procrastinating when all this stuff was happening? He's like, you know what? I don't know. I just drew this mouse, but I, I'm really going to go do something else. I'm going to, you know, watch Netflix. Fortunately, it didn't exist, right? We have a lot of stuff that's coming at us all the time right now. A lot of things that are hitting us really hard that are causing us distraction right now. Okay, so we got this procrastination. Now, somebody asked me this a few weeks ago, and he said, if your hero followed you around for a day, what would they say? If your hero followed you around for a day, what would they say? So now I'm asking you guys that. If I followed you around for a day, I'm not saying I'm your hero, but if I followed you around for a day, and I am pretty critical of other people, what would I say about you and what you do? Now, if you start thinking about that and you wake up and you read that every day, you will change what you do, right? So remember, we're talking about the people who are not us right now. We're talking about the people that are, do not follow the science of achievement. So how do we achieve? How do we get out of procrastination? We act. We take action. Thomas Jefferson said, do you want to know who you are? Don't ask, act. Pretty powerful. Don't ask, act. Other people will see you taking action, and they will know who you are. If I walked around with you for a day, and I saw all the action you were taking, all the things you were doing, I would know who you are, and I would know that you're going to be a high achiever. So the number one thing that I have, if you guys are taking notes, is relentless action. The people that I see that have, taken, have been incredibly successful, and Matt Rathburn standing right up here and said the exact same thing. He said, I took action. And realized that I wasn't before. And I needed to push. Relentless action. Another quote I heard. Success comes when you're married to the action, not the result. 
get married to the action, not the result. We talked about that last night at my table. I said, man, your goals are big, and they're dreams and visions. Make them smaller. Tell me what you're going to do every day to start chipping away to get there. Focus on the actions, not the results. Okay, that's number one. Number two, man, let's speed this up. This, I mean, I could take, like, we could talk about this all day. I could, t- I could talk about this for three, four hours. No joke. We'd have to play some Tony Robbins music, get you guys moving, bring the coffee inside. All right, habits. Habits are the next one. Are habits good? Some, good answer. <laughs> habits can be very bad. We talked about one. It's called Netflix, <laughs> right? That becomes a habit. It can be bad. It's taking you away, unless you're like, I don't know, you work for Netflix or you producer or something, not in the real estate business. So who here likes change? Raise your hand if you like change. It depends. Good. So we got some people that are paying attention. Like, it depends. What are you talking about? Like, so you currently take a hot shower in the morning, I assume? Anybody take a cold shower every morning? Raise your hand high. So let's look around these crazy people that are taking ice cold showers. I know you guys are. You're with me. Not, not in the shower, but. <laughs> we just happened to talk about it yesterday in the hallway. All right. So, you say you like change. If you take a hot shower every morning, if I threw you in a 55-degree shower this morning, would you like that? Probably not, right? So, your brain doesn't like change either. And I'm going to talk about your brain for a second for number two, if that's okay. Let's talk about the brain. We all have one. Some are a little bit different than others. Your brain makes 20,000 decisions a day. 20,000 decisions. How many of those do you think are conscious decisions that your brain is making every day? Okay. Are you, do you have my slides? So risk, emotion, habits, worst case scenario, stress, responsibility. Your brain is making these decisions on a regular, right now, your brain is making decisions. You're like, I don't really like that guy. Or, hey, that guy's, guy's pretty good. Your brain is making all these decisions. Man, some, somebody, something's moving. I got information in my periphery. Don't worry about it. It's no problem. It's pushing things out. All this stuff is happening. 20,000 a day. Right? Anybody see Jerry Maguire? 2% of your body weight is your brain. The human head weighs 8 pounds, Jerry. It's like the cutest kid, right? 8 pounds is about 2% of my body weight. For some of us, it's different. 20% of your calories are burned by your brain. 2% of your body weight, 20% of your calories. It is working really hard all the time. Anybody wake up and can't shut your brain down? You're like up. 3.30 in the morning, I'm up, right? That brain is working. Yep, it happens to me all the time. I got to figure out how to shut that down. 20% of your calories. It's crazy. So here's what we got. Here's how we make decisions. We got two systems. System one, fast, parallel, automatic, effortless, associative, Slow learning. This brain is making decisions really, really fast. Then you got the slow side. You got the second system of your brain that's making very controlled decisions, flexible decisions, change, things that are different. So here we go. The first system, 95% unconscious decisions that are happening all the time. Your habits. You're used to it. You made that setting throughout your life. You made this setting, 95%. So what I see is the habits that are inside of these unsuccessful, lack of achievement folks, not in this room, in the other rooms, 
is they're not willing to change. It's so easy for us to say no to stuff because that's our default setting. Our default setting is our comfort level. Remember the comfort zone that I talked about on the first slide that I heard last night. It's so easy to just say no. Default no. Anybody feel like your default no all the time? And I know every wife or husband that's sitting next is like, he's default no all the time. Becca was in the back. I'm preparing this. She's like, you're default no all the time. Like I always bring something to you, just no. Don't like change. Our, we're set. We are set in our standard, right? It's uncomfortable, right? So we have to train our brain to change. Anybody ever like drive? You're driving somewhere and you get off on the wrong exit and you just are starting to drive home and you're like, oh crap, I'm supposed to go the different opposite direction. You know what I'm talking about? Your brain just took over. You're not even consciously driving at that point. It's completely unsafe. But you're actually very safe because your brain is just like, I'm on cruise control. I, like, I know where I'm going. So we have to change these habits. You have to have really good habits. Great habits, outstanding habits. The successful people, the people that are achieving at a very high level, I see they have very great habits. Like work ethic. When they show up, they show up. They're not distracted on the phone all the time. They're not surfing the internet, looking at Netflix, on social media all the time. They're, the time that they're putting in, exactly what I said this morning, they're putting in the work during that time, right? Great habits. You ever heard practice makes perfect? Do you agree with it? Is it just because of the way that I looked with my face when you said that? Why don't you agree with it? Oh, perfect practice makes perfect. Are you guys like looking at my slides? Did I do this presentation already? Am I using the 95% of my brain? Perfect, perfect practice makes perfect. I totally agree with that. In the real estate investing, we talked about it last night. It's like there's so much information out there, and I don't know what to consume. I don't know what to do. There's five different people telling me five different things. Perfect practice makes perfect. In real estate, if you are doing the wrong thing over and over and over again and just taking massive action all the time, like number one, but you're doing the wrong thing with the wrong techniques, you could be like dialing in the wrong methods to become your habit in business. If you're habitually not, like Becca talked about the bookkeeper, you're habitually like updating your books, but it's completely incorrect and your CPA can't use it. It's pretty bad. It becomes bad habits. We have all have bad habits. So they're, everybody's constantly trying to like look at my habit and taking that 5% of your brain to make decisions and not being default no and really thinking through it and trying to make those adjustments and change. There's one thing that I said to Terry Berger this week. I was talking about, I take a cold shower. I've taken a cold shower since January. I take an ice bath now, sit in the ice bath. It brings me into the present. We're going to talk about that, future versus present. And I said, every morning almost, I don't want to get in there. There's some mornings where I do. I'm working on the farm, and I'm like, I can get in the cold shower, no problem. I've been there 10 minutes because it's like 110 degrees outside. But like this morning, I got comfortable. I sat down. I was in, in, the, in the room doing some work. And the air conditioning is at like, I don't know, it's like 20 degrees below zero in my room. And I was like, I don't really want to, even here, like the water's not even cold. It's like a joke here. Like if you take a cold shower and, I mean, you guys are talking about Chicago, like just nothing. And in Tennessee in the winter, it's freezing cold, like just one setting. And here I was like, I, I feel like I'm all hot. But I, I just didn't want to get in. I said, don't negotiate with myself. And I just say that one time in my head and I'm in there. I don't negotiate myself. I'm in there. 
This is what I said I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it. Because I'm going to be on stage, and we're talking to you people, and we're talking to cold showers, and I cannot be in a hot shower this morning. I don't negotiate against myself. I'm getting in there. Some accountability in that, right? Me being able to stand up here and talk about it. It helps me. And I, I like it. I, I really do like it. It helps me a lot. Don't negotiate against yourself. So, number two, winning habits. Winning habits and training your brain, retraining your brain on a regular basis to have winning habits. This is what I see high achievers are doing. They're building excellent habits and intentionally doing it over and over and over again. Okay, the next one, beliefs are a belief system. Man, I really got to speed up. I love this stuff, though. So core beliefs. These I am statements that you make. I am a procrastinator. I am not good enough. I am not able to do that. I am whatever it is. Put the blank. Write down what yours are. Think about that. What are your beliefs? Who are you? I am poor. I am unable to do this. These kind of things are what get us into this negative cycle. And it looks like this. This negative cycle starts with low self-esteem, bad image, poor behavior, terrible results, and just goes on and on and on, right? So these I am statements can be so tough. So your belief, what do you believe? This is another one that, um, that I got. I scribbled it on a piece of paper. Who's got the piece of paper? Is he in here? I gave it to him yesterday. He's playing hooky. Gave you this piece of paper at my table last night. Oh, man. Oh, it's over here. You got it? All right. There it is. Good. I was like, man, if he's not in here, he's in big trouble. Um, what was your name again? Alexander. Alexander. That's right. I said, this is going to be you here. We're going to turn that cycle the opposite direction. So, how much potential do we have? Limitless. Unlimited. Everybody agree with that or just some of the people? Some people agree, some people don't. So limitless potential. I, I used the example last night. We can't put our arms out and flap our way to the moon, I don't think. So we have virtually limitless potential. We can do a lot of things. Um, so our potential drives our action. We talked about this relentless action that we're taking. So think about what you think your potential is. Are you tapping into it all? Does anybody in here feel like they tapped into all their potential right now of what they're doing? All of it. They have nothing left. The tank is empty. Nobody? You feel like you've tapped into every ounce of your potential. Right now, are you doing it? It was unsafe. Okay. <laughs> That's a different conference. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. So... That potential drives our actions, right? We take action, we see results, and we change our beliefs. Now, how we identify, I mean, this is a much longer presentation on this slide that I love to talk about, but these results, how we define our results are what's going to change our belief. So my advice to you guys is to look at your results and make them realistic when you're looking at going around this cycle. If anybody's never done a deal before, doing that first deal, if that's the result that you need, you might get frustrated even getting stuck right there. Or if you're doing a deal a month right now and your, your result that you're expecting from the action that you're taking is 10 deals a month overnight, you're going to get stuck there. 
When you can define smaller actions, more bite-sized actions, it's going to help you as you go around this cycle. It's going to change your belief. Who did their first deal this year? Who did their first deal this year? I want to hear how loud. Yeah, let's see. We can get up for him. We can clap for that. Absolutely. So, as loud, I want you guys to, to give me some noise, clapping, yelling, how, how big, much your belief changed after you did that first deal. There, okay, see? There we go. Good. Like, that's a massive belief change, right? For the rest of you that are doing 50 deals a year, if you did 51, your belief is like, I'm here, right? That's not a big difference. But that first deal, those things that you do, and maybe it's your first apartment deal. Maybe it's your first wholesale deal. Maybe it's your first, you know, 100,000 plus flip that changes your belief. Maybe it's your first new construction build. Maybe it's your first seller finance deal. It's all these things that you start doing. You see these results. Maybe it's the first person that called you on the phone and said, hey, I got a house I'm interested in selling. And you talk to him on the phone. Like, figure out what's going to change. These things are going to change your belief. And as you change your belief, you can say, hey, I am this. Like, I am able. And turn those negatives into positives. Those I am statements, those beliefs need to change. So, I really want to talk, turn to this. So, positive beliefs are number three for me. The people that have positive beliefs. Their I am statements are I can statements. Not I can't statements. They're finding reasons why they can do things. So this is a thermostat. You guys are all in the 21st century. You've probably seen this thing. You might have one at home. If your thermostat's on 65 degrees, and I'm talking about your belief thermostat, right? Anybody ever heard of lottery winners and what happens with them? Broke within five years. years. Why is that? Okay, belief system. There's a thermostat in us that, let's just call it a financial thermostat for the, for the sake of lottery winners. They make $5 million, but their thermostat is on $50,000 or $30,000 a year. They're in a $30,000 a year thermostat and mentality, and they get $5 million. What do they do with it? Broken five years, like you said. It wasted because they're going back to their set thermostat of 65 degrees. The same thing happens in us all the time. We're reprogramming our brain. We also need to reprogram our thermostat. My thermostat is constantly moving in a positive direction, and I'll figure out how I can move it and reset it. So my baseline becomes a million a year, two million a year, three million a year. So if it starts going below that, I say, turn on the heat. What happens is, if your thermostat is set or dropping, you start making more money, and you go, oh, this doesn't feel good. Something's wrong. I feel uncomfortable making this much money. I need to come back down. Let's turn on the air conditioning. Let's start self-sabotaging. Anybody feel like that? Or have been through that, struggled through that? Yeah, I'm making too much money. This is a thing. Some of you are like, well, I've never made too much money. It's not a thing. Like, some of you guys, it's a good problem to have, but you've got to figure out that it's okay to move up your thermostat. It's okay to dial it up and reset it there. And don't let the, don't let the air conditioning come on. Keep the heat on. 
Move it up. That's your mindset and everything that you do. What kind of husband you are, what kind of spouse you are, a wife you are, mom, dad, what kind of friend. Reset your thermostat. Don't accept the I am beliefs that I'm not a good friend. I, I don't do this. I can't. Like, what can you do in all your life? Move that thermostat up. This is huge. Okay? Positive beliefs and always going in the right direction. So it could be money, it could be, it could be whatever it is, but this is the science of achievement. High achievers constantly set their thermostat up a couple degrees all the time. Don't let the air conditioning come on, okay? All right. I told you I was going to talk about Shrek a little bit. I think I got to give you guys a baseline. Somebody talked about it. So last year I gave a presentation on the hero's two journeys. I'm going to go really faster. We actually did a video after lunch about some, from some of the quotes there. So I'm going to go really fast through it, just catch some of you up, because this Heroes 2 journey is going to be important for the fourth thing. So we've got three of them right now. We've got three more to go. You guys up for it? Still feel good? Is this good? Okay. So we're going to talk about purpose right now, because purpose is the next thing that we need to think about in these six, the science of achievement. So Every story starts with a character. I'm very quickly going to go through, and it's a refresher for any of you that were here last year, and I'm not going to go as deep as I did, but I highly encourage you to go subscribe to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast because I just put it on on Tuesday in preparation for this. So when I saw how many people heard Val's podcast, I was like, we need more people to listen to that before they show up. Tuesday, I, get, I put the whole presentation on there. It will change the way you look at your purpose and your identity. So every story starts with a character, Right? You're the character here in the story. Every movie, everything that we do. And that character has some sort of longing or need for something. A longing or need, okay? And Okay, we're good. So they have this calling in there. So the character has a calling. And in that call, does anybody feel called to be here? Anybody feel called? Like... I need to be here. I need to be in this room. I need to be doing this stuff. I feel like I got this tap on the shoulder and I've been called. What about called to do real estate? Let's just say real estate. You feel called. Uh, you're doing it, not doing it, but like this is my calling. Like I feel it. I'm, I need to do that. It keeps calling. I, I haven't even tried it yet, but there's something there. Like I got to go. So every character has this like calling, right? And it's either a, like I said, a longing or a need, and that, that's probably you. So that longing is like a desire to have or do something. It's some desire, right? It's inside of us. But it's external, right? So I talked about it a little bit last year. You pay lip service to it. Because if you wanted to do that thing, you would just go do that thing. Like Andy, if you're ready to quit your job and just go do it, you have this longing to do it, but it's, you're paying lip service to it. Like, just go do it, right? But there's something that's missing. There's something inside of us that's missing in this uh, longing, right? We don't have the courage to go. We don't have the courage to do this stuff. Remember, courage is that we're afraid to do it, but we do it anyway. We're just going to go. Go do it. See, we just go do it. Like, it would be the most boring movie in the world. Every character would just go, like, Shrek's like, I, wanna, I want some friends. <laughs> I'm just going to go find some friends. We'll have lunch. Be scared, right? There's something that's holding them back. Something that holds us back. So, or a need. Something's missing in their life. Like, you know that something's missing. But typically in, in the character, they don't know that they have this need. And that's what happened in Shrek. Shrek didn't know that he needed friendship and all that stuff. So, 
Maybe there might be some people who haven't seen Shrek in here, but I'm going to use it because it's easy. So he's living in the swamp. He gets upset. All these characters are coming in the swamps, and he really like needs a friend, right? So, and you can see that from the outside, but they can't. Like you as the character can't see the need. You have this longing that you know, but you can't see the need. So, uh, so for all of us, we have some things like this, some things that happened in our life that are likely stopping us from doing what we need to do. So we're talking about beliefs right now, right? We're talking about beliefs. We have something that's stopping us, something inside of us that's usually from our past that's stopping us. We have some sort of wound, right? I talked about Michael Haig last year. His definition of a wound is an unhealed source of pain. We have an unhealed source of pain from the past, right? Something that happened, maybe it was a Maybe you're sitting here at this real estate conference, like the last one, man, they just roped me in for something. It was horrible. Maybe it's real estate burned me three, four years ago, and I don't want to get back. I'm scared to get back into it because I got crushed in 2008. All these things can happen to us, right? We got some sort of wound. Relationships, everything give us a wound. So unhealed source of continuing pain, right? And that causes suffering. So then we start suffering. We don't want to suffer. We want to figure out how to get out of the suffering. And that suffering causes fear, Right? So we talked about fear of dot, dot, dot in the beginning, right? So we have this wound, we have this suffering, we have this fear. And that's what stops us a lot of times. It's usually from our past. So around that fear is where we build our identity. Those I am statements usually come from this identity that we have inside of us. So we have the wound, we have the suffering, we have the fear, and we build our identity off of that. You see the problem? We're building our identity off of wounds, suffering, and fear from our past. So we have to go figure out what to do with that. To go on that longing, on that trip, that tap on the shoulder that we're called to go do. We've got to figure out how to get past all this, which could be 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of pain and suffering and wounds and identity creation. Right? It's hard. So it gets built up so much that we don't know what to do. We kind of get stuck. And that's where we stop. So this identity that we create is kind of nice because it covers up everything and protects us. We get the protection from our identity, which is our wounds and suffering and fear and anxieties and all that stuff protects us, right? That's why our brain says, no, I'm not willing to do that because last time I got hurt. Default, no. So you can see all these things are starting to add up, right? All these negative cycles are starting to add up. And the positive people, the people of science of achievement, have been able to figure out how to slay that stuff and move past it. Kill off the old self and move into the new self. And re-change their identity over and over and over again. Shed the old skin and move on. It's not that easy, right? Everybody agree? It's not easy? It's hard? Let's talk about the thermostat too. It's all lined up, right? All this stuff is starting to, okay, I can see where you're going here, right? All this stuff comes from a lot of this. If we can figure this out, then it will help knock the dominoes down for us to have that science of achievement. So the bad thing, the good thing about identity is it protects us. The bad thing is we don't get to be who we really are in our essence, the person who we truly are, the way we were made, and the person we want to be. It's hard. So this is that, we got this outer journey, right? This longing and this need like we talked about. So talk about this outer journey. You're going on. That's the visible journey that we're all going on. It's like real estate is over there. I want to make more money. I want to go there. But now we're talking about our beliefs. Like who are we going to become? And it might be like I want to do 12 deals. I want to make $200,000. All this stuff is that outer, outer thing that's going on, right? But underneath the surface, underneath the surface, other things are happening to us. 
that are forming our beliefs and who we want to be. And we don't even know it. A lot of you don't. Some of you are on that inner journey and have seen it. Some of you are still in it and you don't even know what's happening underneath the surface right now until it comes out. So in Shrek, it was pretty easy. You've got this like enemy, fire-breathing dragons, the moats, all that stuff. And for us, we got competition, no money, limiting beliefs, all the things that we talked about in the beginning, that full-time job, responsibilities, kids. Jennifer has 11 of them, right? We got all these reasons why not to do stuff. And our identity holding us back and saying, you can't. Brain saying no, thermostat drawing us down, all of these forces fighting against us, right? So the real journey is not obvious at all. It's the inner journey, the stuff that's happening beneath the surface in all of this. And that's what's happening in you right now. You're saying, oh man, there's something here. This is interesting. There's people here that are doing a lot of stuff, uh, just motivational. Like, can I do this? I don't know. This inner journey is happening inside of you. You don't even see it. Like we talked about with Matt, look back one year. Can't believe how far we've come in that one year. So what we don't think about, the journey that we're truly on is fulfillment. And I'm going to come back to that. That's the true journey that we're on in that inner journey. The outer journey is that achievement. The inner journey is this fulfillment journey. So we're moving from fear to courage. Right? I'm willing to go. We're becoming truly defined by ourselves, not by other people. We don't let other people define us. Defined in ourself, in our heart, who we truly are, in our essence. Right? And the obstacle here is, is trying to stop as we're jumping over that obstacle. We're figuring out how to go anyway. Michael Haggs talked about the essence, the essence of who we are, and he defined it as who you truly are underneath all this identity, underneath the surface, who you really are. If you can chip away this stuff and kill off that old you and go to that new you. So it's constant battle inside of us, protection versus risk, fear versus courage, identity versus essence. Live in your essence. So we got to kill it off. And he asked this question, I asked it to you guys last year, asked a profound question. He said, I will do whatever it takes to reach my goal, just don't ask me to do this. Do you guys remember that from last year? Just don't ask me to do this. And that's usually what's holding you back. That's the thing in your beliefs that is holding you back. It's that thing that you won't do is a thing that you need to do to get to where you want to go. And it's going to change over and over and over again. This is going to happen. This is a cycle. So what's that thing that you're unwilling to do? That thing. So this is a baseline for this belief change, right? What's that thing that you're not willing to do that's holding you back? Because it's probably your identity saying no. It's past pain, suffering, risk, not having enough courage to keep going. And it's that thing inside of you, right? So if you guys can throw up that slide, this is what I'm talking about right here. This is those two journeys. So you got this call to adventure, you got a refusal to call, like, no, I'm not going to do it. You've got this um, meeting of the mentor, you have some guide that takes you into the supernatural world. Tests and challenges and all these things, atone, the new meaning in your life that comes out. You slay the dragon, you have transformation, rebirth, and then you can move into mastery. And mastery is where you go. And that's all those first deal people. You went through this not even knowing it, you moved to mastery after that first deal. And then what happened? The cycle started over again, and it looks like this. Your cycle goes in a circle. Now the new you reappears. You have another calling. I want to do a second deal. Or I want to do two deals a month now, or a deal a month. 
You need to become that person who can do that. And then you need to become the person who can do the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And we need this purpose. Like your purpose is this calling, this tap on the shoulder. The people that are successful have defined their purpose, and they're sure of it, and they know that they need to go, and they're going to go regardless of anything else. Their identity is holding them back. They have the courage, and they go anyway. Like, I'm going. I'm afraid, but I'm going to go. And that courage, those are the people that achieve, they have that level of achievement. They see that mountain, and it's really high, and they say, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes to get up there. And they climb it anyway. It's cold, it's rough, it's rocky, it's hard, it's painful. They go anyway. They don't negotiate against themselves. They go. So Napoleon Hill talks about it in his book. The, <laughs> the definiteness of purpose. Definiteness of purpose. This is number four for me. They know their purpose and they are definite about it. And they will go. So these are the top four, and I got two more to go. So four right here. Relentless action, winning habits, positive beliefs, definiteness of purpose. These are the top four, and I've got two more to go. So remember, in this Heroes 2 journey, I talked about the guide. Last year, we had Donkey, and we had Shrek. Donkey is the guide. Donkey's the mentor. Shrek's the hero. Donkey is, oh, come on, Shrek, let's go. Like, let's go. He's going to find some friends. What's wrong, Shrek? Ogres are like onions. You remember that? He's like the parfait guy. Everybody loves parfait. And my mouth's just watering. Just think about it. So I, I showed videos last year. It was really fun. So you should come next year. I'll show some videos next year. So <clears throat> we got these four. Now you meet the guide. And here is where I see so many people. They know where they need to. They, know, they have these four. They meet the guide. They have the definiteness of purpose. And they're like, I'm going to go. And I'm going to follow. Like, there's, a, there's somebody that can help me. There's a mentor that I found, right? And this is what the people who are not in this room do. I know everything. I know that you're successful, more successful than me. But I already know that. You can tell me, okay, I'll think about doing that, but I think I might do this other thing. Anybody ever do that? Like, oh, you told me that? Where's Jennifer Ross? Okay, there. She just stood up here and was like, he said we'd be making $600,000, and I didn't believe him. And he told me to do this stuff. I did this stuff, but then I wasn't sure, so I didn't really believe him, so I asked him again. And he just told me to keep, go keep doing what I was already doing. And then I went back, and I said, I don't know. This is, this is not working yet. Just go back and do the same thing that I told you to do. Just keep doing that. Just trust me. Fortunately, she did. They trust me. But we have these mentors, we have these people that come into our lives, and they know exactly what we need to do, but we know it all. And it's like, if you already knew what you needed to do to get where you wanted to go, you would have already done it, right? I mean, does that make sense? Like, when Andy told me to do something, I just said, okay, and I did it. And eventually, I can get to the point where I start making my own decisions, but not in the beginning. I mean, Daniel LaRusso showed up, and Mr. Miyagi told him to paint the fence, Right? He's like, what am I doing painting the fence? Like, this makes no sense. And he punched him, and he's like, psh, psh. it's awesome, right? He's like, whoa, man, this guy might actually know what he's doing. That's a little different. Mr. Miyagi didn't really look like a great, like, kung fu guy, and Andy did look like an awesome real estate investor. So it's very easy for me to say, okay, I'll do that, right? But we know it all, right? 
I threw in another Shrek image. There's Donkey and Shrek. So you got to find your guide. The next step is like, find your guide. Talks about the heroes to journey. Find that guide. Find somebody who's already done what you want to do and go, go follow them. Everybody said, oh, everybody's talking about all these different things, five, ten different things. Like, I don't know who to follow. Like, find the person you already know that has what you want and go do that. Don't follow ten different people. Follow the people that know, that have what you want and go do that. Whoever it is, doesn't matter. I don't care. If it's me, great. If somebody else, great. But find the people that know, that have what you want and are going the direction that you want, have the values that you want, the character that you want, and go do it and listen to them. Because they know what they're doing. They've already done it. And they've done it over and over and over again until it becomes a principle. Once they have the principles, then you follow the principles. So, number five is be openly coachable. Openly coachable. The people that I see that have reached a high-level achievement are openly coachable. Like, when you tell them to do something, they say, okay. They don't say, that's not going to work for me. It worked for you, it won't work for me. Because of X, Y, and Z. They're breaking all the other laws of achievement. <laughs> but I see so many times people are like, look, I got a YouTube video right now that's like the three cheapest free ways to find buyers that I added like 5,000 people to my buyers list when I went into Nashville in like a couple days for like $100. It's been watched 37 times on YouTube probably. It's like the best t 10 minutes you could spend in your entire life. It's like, and if people are like, oh, I'm not watching that watch this Netflix show. It's like, dude, just do that. It's like, you can blow up your business for free on YouTube. Like, everybody thinks they know it all. And there's 20 other videos that say the same thing, but in different methods, different things, they just don't know who to follow. So, mine was Amy Farland, Mike Simmons, Terry Berger, all the folks that you see back there, the guys in the coaching zone. I just, I looked at their blueprint. I was like, they know what they're doing. I'm gonna take a couple things, do that. So, who's yours? Who's your guide? Who's your mentor? Who are you following? Do you know? Is it 10 people? Is it five people? Is it 100 people? Is it whoever, the flavor of the week? Like whatever you saw on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or whatever? Or do you know where you want to go? You found that guide and you're like, I'm going to do that. Okay? Look at this guy. What do you guys think about this guy? Coach. Yeah, totally. But man, I was, oh, it's unbelievable. This man has a coach. This man will outwork everybody. The coach is saying the same thing to him that he's saying to the other players on the team. He's doing it thousands of shots every day. He puts in the extra 20%. He does what he's told. Most openly coachable person out there, probably until. <laughs> he's amazing. Like, everybody has somebody that is getting them to the next level. And they're listening and they're openly coachable, right? Listen and apply those things. So, finding that mentor and going. Number five, being openly coachable. Okay. What do you think about this one? This is number six. It wasn't me. Wasn't me. So I see people all the time. Now, I, it's because I, it didn't work because of this, this, and this. Constantly pointing the finger, blaming others, right? All the time. I, saw, I, was, I was like looking for pictures and images and stuff like that. And there were so many that were like, every time you're pointing a finger, three are pointing back at you. 
I was like, oh, that's interesting. It didn't really work for this presentation. But it made me think. It's like we are, so many people point the finger. None of the people, nobody in here, nobody in here, but the people that are not in high-level achievement, they point the finger all the time, right? A mistake was made, but it wasn't my fault. It's like little kid mentality. It wasn't me. It wasn't me, Dad. It wasn't me. He's got your name is on it. So, yeah, so this one's pretty easy. If you know me, it's one of my core values, number six. And I think this is a high level of achievement. It's extreme ownership. Everything in your world is your fault. And if you truly believe that, you're like, what can I do to get better today? How can I fix this? This amazing book by Jocko. He spoke on this stage with us a couple years ago. It was amazing to share the stage with him, get to know him better. Everything is your fault. All responsibility for success and failure rests with the leader. Whether you like it or not, if you're in this room, you are a leader. Leader of your family, leader of your team, your company, your staff, your family, your community, your church group. Absolute leaders in here. High level of achievement leaders. All right, science of achievement. Relentless action, winning habits, positive beliefs, Definiteness of purpose, openly coachable, take extreme ownership. The people that you're going to see here that are at a high level in their business, that are on the stage, that are doing great things in a level of achievement, exhibit all six of these. Maybe not all the time, but I'll tell you, this is the recipe for achievement. Okay, these six things. You feel like you guys can do these? Yeah. Who, feel, who, feels like, who feels like they can't do this? One guy in the back raising his hand. Lights are too high because we'd have a conversation. I don't know who you are. I might know you. I can't see you. <laughs> I'm assuming you're joking or we're talking after. We can all do this, right? But it takes intentionality to do this. It takes change. Rewire the brain. Change the thermostat. Take action. Have these belief changes. Be coachable. Actually say, okay, I believe you. I'm going to go do that. Yes. And then when it doesn't work, we say, okay, what happened? What did I not do? I take ownership of this. Make an adjustment. Change my beliefs. Take action. Keep going. Think about my purpose. Why am I going? I got this tap on the shoulder. I got this calling. But I, I'm not in the conference anymore. I don't have all this motivation. Like, where am I going? My, my compass is a little off. Let me get some help. Let me go ask. Let me go back to the guide. Hey, guide, where should I go? You know, you're going the right direction. Keep going. I'm drifting a little bit. Get back on course, right? All of these things are so important, so important. All right, let's go back to this. So now we covered the science of achievement, but we're talking about success, right? Do you guys feel like this achievement equals success? We do these th six things. We get to the top of the mountain, and that's success. You guys feel like that? Yes? No? Why not? Hmm? What's inside? What's next? New peak. What else? Why isn't that okay? We got to the top of the mountain. I want to make a million dollars. I'm at the top of the mountain, made a million dollars. Another mountain, somebody said. What else? Giving back, okay. So look, who here 
has got, had, we're all high achievers. You would not be in this room if you weren't high achievers. I would tell you right now. You guys made a decision to come here. You are high achievers. I know that. I promise. I know that. We all know it. You guys are high achievers. That's why you're in this room. Now, I'm going to ask a question. And I need serious audience participation. There's no opting out of this, okay? Because I'll ask no, and then I'll find the person that doesn't raise their hand. So, who here has set a goal? Maybe it's the amount of money that you made. Maybe it's the number of deals. Maybe it's something. And you said, I want to make a million dollars, or I want to do 10 deals. And you got there, and then you felt like this. Is that it? Who has felt like that ever in any goal that you've ever set? Maybe it's sports, maybe it's high school, maybe it's college, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's money. Keep your hands up. Who's felt like that? Okay, but you are high achievers. You hit the goal. What's the problem? Okay, always new goals, always more things. I just move the goal line. We change it. We talked about this in July. And after July, I said, man, I got to go deeper into this. I got to figure this out. What is it? What's happening? Purpose. But purpose was in the first six. We have a purpose, huh? What? Growth? Growth. Okay. Growth and contribution are up there. You're kind of cheating. But there's something that's missing, and I mentioned it during the Shrek point, and I said I'll talk about it later. Do you guys remember what it was? Because we're here. We're in this science of achievement. Fulfillment. Good. There's a couple people listening. So achievement, we hit achievement, but we're talking about success. So how do we define success? Because we want to know how to be successful people. And if we agreed with Webster that success was defined by wealth, fame, fortune, all that stuff, I mean, we've got there, right? Million dollars, two million dollars. Why are there so, un- so many unhappy millionaires, billionaires, people out there? Why are they so unhappy? They have everything that other people want. Competitive, not fulfilled, right? They're not fulfilled in their life. Now, how do we find fulfillment? So I showed you the science of achievement. That's a recipe. You could follow that recipe. I think everybody in here, all, all of you in here, can follow those six things as a recipe for, for achievement. Okay? But, and this is something that Tony talked about when I was there, and it's a huge, like, aha for me specifically. Because I've been on this journey recently of trying to make sure, how do I get fulfilled? And he's mentioned something. He said he runs like 108 companies and he's worth like, I don't know, $250 million, all this stuff. It's like, and he said, you know how I get fulfilled? I speak to you guys. I'm an artist. He's like, I'm not a business owner. I'm an artist. And coming out here, I'll speak. He's, he was contracted for three hours. He did six and he was just getting warmed up. And it's like me right now. I feel like I am over time right now. And I still got another hour I want to talk to you about fulfillment. And keep going. And I love it. Like, I really do love it. And that, like, finding your fulfillment in life, your growth and contribution, you move past those four, and he talks about, here, I'll go back, talks about this growth and contribution aspect. You figure it out. Growth is an achievement, and contribution is fulfillment. So once you get past your four needs, you get to these needs of the spirit, the soul, a lot of you know that I just bought a farm. We've got animals out there. We do a farmer's market. We do a, I'm, I'm working with 20 other businesses to help them grow their, their business at my farmer's market. I lose money every single week, and I spend a lot of time out there. makes no sense business-wise, 
but I'm building community, I'm building relationships, I'm meeting people, I'm doing really cool things. I'm helping other business owners that can't market, can't sell. They sit down in their chair during a farmer's market, sell nothing. I'm like, let me give you three tips to show you how to double your sales. And I'll charge you nothing for it. And people would pay me thousands of dollars for that in the real estate business. And it's fulfilling, it's contribution. So there's growth as an achievement. So we talked about science of achievement. You want to grow. Got your four needs met. Now you're going to get into growth. And this is the next level for you. And now we've talked about science of achievement. But we want to talk about the art of fulfillment. And so Tony talked about the art of fulfillment to me. And he was like, man, it's, this is an art, not a science. So in art, it's very abstract, right? And it's different for all of you. I can't stand up here and teach you fulfillment. I can only show you that there's a difference between achievement and fulfillment. So when you achieve, you got to the top of that mountain. But that mountain wasn't filled with fulfillment for some reason. And it not, might not be the mountain that wasn't fulfilled with achievement. It might be the person that was climbing the mountain that didn't know what fulfillment looked like for them. So each and every one of you is going to be fulfilled in a different way. And that inner journey that's happening underneath the surface, this is the outer journey, and it's okay. Like, I'm not telling you don't go want to make a million dollars. Go want to make $10 million, $20 million. Your fulfillment might come from giving back. It might come from tithing. 10% of everything that you make goes back somewhere. It might be to help other businesses. It might be to get the knowledge and understanding that you've done it. Then you can repeat it, and you can start going and coach. You can train, you can mentor, you can lead people. Whatever it is for you, you'll find it. And it doesn't have to be readily apparent right here next to you. In six years of doing this, I had no idea that I would be doing this. There's no possible way. If you went back to, you guys have the videos of previous Fulpecking Lives. Go back to the first one and watch my presentation. Like an overweight, sweaty dude that was like, I, like, I, I did a couple things. There's some people that I, like, I, this, wasn't, this wasn't it. And I had no, I, I, after that, I wasn't like, I want to be a public motivational speaker. I want to speak on lots of people's stages. I want to move people. And I want to talk about this stuff. I want to study it. I want to be a knowledge broker. I want to figure out how to get information from all over and figure out how to, how to give it to you guys in a package that you can use. And right now, this fulfills me. This is amazing. Like, I didn't sleep very much last night because I was changing this presentation. I put in the time while I'm here and I sleep for 18 hours after this. <laughs> Saturday night, they're going to be up in my room partying. I'm going to be asleep with my earplugs in because I drained. But I love it. Every day, like, I, seriously, now I'm like 10 minutes over. Art of fulfillment for you guys. To truly be successful, you need to find fulfillment in your life. Maybe not in your business. Your business might be the outlet to show fulfillment elsewhere. Like Todd Jones was up here. I know he just stepped out, probably used a restroom, maybe do a deal. He's up here, and I can see he's lit up with fulfillment from this, this foundation. All the people that were up here, Stephen Casey, oh, amazing. Like they're finding that, and be able to find it here with us is, um, is incredible. You'll find it. You don't have to find it right now. But you have to be aware that if you're not, if you're looking at the other peak all the time, you're constantly like the other peak, the other peak, the other peak, all the time, something's missing in your life. You'll find it. You gotta go through that inner journey. But I want you to search for it and think about it and intentionally look for it, okay? 
So important. Visionaries like us, pretty much everybody in the room, we live in the future. Do you know where fulfillment lives? Right here. Fulfillment lives in the now, and we live in the then. And that's the problem for us. And that's what I realized over this last year in my personal journey. My wife lives in today, and I live like three years down the road. And we are such a good match because she pulls me back into today, and I can take her with me in the future. We need that. So when you look at that person next to you and say, man, or your wife's not here, your husband's not here, like, I wish they were here. I wish they supported me in this journey. I have all this vision. I want to do all these things, and they don't want to do it. You need them for this. And that person in your life that doubts you or pulls you back into today, you need them. So important for this art of fulfillment. Live in today. Got to look up from time to time on the top of the mountain or even on the side of it and just enjoy the view. The reason why I started following this guy, Wim Hof. Anybody do Wim Hof breathing and that's how you found cold stuff? Yeah. Anybody hasn't ever heard of him? He's pretty wild. The ice man. I sit in the ice bath because I'll tell you what, I can't think about anything in the future when I'm in there. I can only think of right now. No joke. The eight minutes I'm in there, that is it. And I mean, the future I might be thinking about from time to time is like three minutes from then when I might be able to get out. But it's the second that I actually release and let go that I, find, that I feel free. And I'm not telling you all to like, there's going to be a run on ice here at the uh, hotel. I would encourage you to do it. Um, I would do the 11-minute Wim Hof breathing that's been watched 4 million times on YouTube before you do it. But sit in there for 2-3 minutes. Think about it. Find, find what, it, what, what helps you get there. And I have to be intentional about that. So here's Tony's quote. The art of fulfillment is the ability to experience not only the thrill of the chase, but also the magic of the moment the unbridled joy of feeling truly alive. And you know what he got me with at this event? What really brought this to light for me? He said, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. So, you guys got the six steps for the science of achievement. And then you got a little bit of information about the art of fulfillment. Because each one of you is going to go down a different path there. The recipe is those six steps for, success, or for achievement. You couple that with fulfillment and you will find success. Eventually, the Webster's Dictionary will change, I think. Because wealth, fame, and fortune, and notoriety, and all that stuff is not success. At least not in this room. There are plenty of other rooms where that's what defines success. But for me and everybody around me and the people that I'm going to interact with and the way that we're going to drive this company and the way that we're going to help people is going to be to find achievement based on that recipe and fulfillment. And if we can help people do that, all of our lives will be better and we will bless all the people around us. And the reason why that charity was such an important and amazing presentation yesterday was because it gave everybody the opportunity to feel that contribution, that fulfillment side of the needs of the spirit and the soul. That farm of mine fills my soul. I can't put a dollar amount on that. So, do you guys think that you can do that? You think you can find this? 
Is anybody looking for this right now? Achievement and fulfillment and success. Some of you are asleep. And you didn't raise your hand, I hope. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun putting that presentation together. It was actually, I changed it a ton even while I was there and built it out based on the roundtables that we did on Thursday night and what everybody was asking me and really a lot about my journey. So a lot of, I know a lot of you are looking for that, that next thing, like what, where are you going, what's happening? And I think it's that art of fulfillment. It's really that fulfillment piece that comes into it that's different for everybody. But what I will say is that science of achievement, the, uh, like the ability to cheat, that is absolutely something that we have figured out. Like we have the secret sauce, we have the recipe for achievement inside of our mastermind programs, Runway and Altitude. And I am committed and dedicated to that. And I know that we can help you. So I love it. I love what I do. I love what we get to do. I love being able to, to help people uh, achieve at a much higher level than they even think that they're capable of. And I truly think that we believe in you before you believe in you sometimes. So uh, if you're looking for somebody who believes in you, who knows you can do it and wants to be a part of that journey and walk up that mountain with you, just like us, we're right here with you at Seven Figure Flipping. So um, if the runway doors are still open, join us in runway. If you're ready for altitude, join us there. Um, if not, you know, grab a book, listen to the podcast, YouTube channels, all the stuff that we put out there. Join our challenges, be a part of our community. Uh, join our seven-figure house flipping and wholesaling Facebook group. There's so many ways that you can get involved, and we just want to be a part of your journey. We want to want to walk alongside of you on yours. So, until next time, uh, have a great day, and I'll see you guys.